You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nikaruk, episode 34. Hello, teacher brain. What do you get when you cross a fish with an elephant? Swimming trunks. <laughs> Did you laugh at that joke? No? Well, I won't take it personally. Firstly, it's not my joke. And secondly, it turns out that laughter is a complex process and experience that involves many parts of the brain and body. While much research has been conducted over the years around the neural mechanisms of depression, anger, and fear, it's only recently that investigators have begun to look at how the brain processes humor. Humans experience the, the humor of a joke in three phases. So when I told you that joke, you, as the listener, encountered some type of incongruity, a punchline that seems out of place compared with the joke setup. It's called the con congruity resolution theory. So the setup gets us thinking in one direction, and then the punchline comes along and jars us into realizing that there is a completely different way to interpret the situation. You try to resolve that incongru incongruity um, to determine the sense, or lack thereof, of the joke to decide whether or not it is funny. Jokes work because they defy expectations. The surprise aspect of these tales kicks in the frontal lobe's search for pattern recognition. And if the prefrontal cortex, which is part of the frontal lobe, deems the information attention worthy, it decides more processing power. It, sorry, it dedicates more processing power to it along with conscious awareness. And when you hear a joke, the left hemisphere analyzes the words and structure of the joke. The frontal lobe, which is responsible for social emotional reactions, becomes active and the right hemisphere performs the necessary analysis in order to get the joke. And when the punchline hits home, your heart rate rises, you jiggle with mirth, and your brain releases feel-good neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and an array of endorphins. And we all know about the positive effects of um, these hormones and the neurotransmitters from episode one about celebration, which makes sense because laughter and celebration often go hand in hand. The brainwave activity then spreads to the sensory area of the occipital lobe, where the, the physical responses of laughter originate via a circuit that runs through many regions of the brain. The most crucial of which is the limbic system because it is a system that controls behaviors essential to the life of all mammals. The amygdala and hippocampus live there as well, which are the main zones involved in emotions. So. If the information remains relevant through the joke to the punchline, the brain shifts its response to its pleasure and reward center, and thus laughter ensues. It's the, the incongruity and the and dashed expectations that form the foundation of what's funny. And timing is everything, as any comic would tell you. Most successful jokes are funny because the incongruity occurs within the few beats that exist between the setup and the punchline. So if you did not experience a guffaw from my the joke I told at the beginning, 
I will not hold it against you. It was somewhat predictable. But how about this one? The gymnast comes in and says, can you teach me to do the splits? And the gymnastics instructor says, well, how flexible are you? And the gymnast says, well, I can't come on Thursdays. <laughs> now that was an Ivy League joke, literally. It's from the Harvard Mahoney Neuroscience Institute. So if you didn't laugh at that one, there may be something wrong with you. <laughs> Just kidding. But by resolving the incongruity in this case, the double meaning of flexible, we are suddenly surprised. Our proverbial funny bone gets tickled and we snicker. The element of surprise actually is not something to be dismissed or disparaged. So scientists describe laughter's evolution as one that um, preserved shared experiences of relief, marking the passing of danger. So let's say Hug and Gug, our two cave sisters, are out um, on looking for food and they see the tiger in the bushes and they run away and they escape and then they look at each other and they're like, phew, and they kind of let out, let out a chuckle. Um, that's the theory. So certain contemporary researchers think that jokes link with this. So evolutionarily, we laugh out of relief when we recognize the surprise element of a joke. Isn't that fascinating? So laughter is thought to have predated human speech, perhaps by millions of years, and may have helped our early ancestors clarify intentions during social interactions. Later, as language began to evolve, laughter may also have provided an emotional context for conversations, like a signal of acceptance. Therefore, laughter can indicate trust in your companions. And laughter was an early social signal that helped to form human bonds. Before we could speak, laughter may have told early humans that like, everything's okay, you can trust me, you can join me. Because remember, our brain is always working to keep us safe and connection to others is safe. So laughter draws you closer to others and so has can have a profound effect on all aspects of your mental and emotional health. In fact, in skin conductance tests, so skin conduct conductance, which increases with the nerve, uh, the nervous system activity that controls blood pressure and heart rate and signals, um, it signals an arousal state, an aroused state. So when skin conductance is recorded, it indicates that there is an arousal, which is reflected by uh, nervous system reactions like sweating and blood pressure and heart rate and all that stuff. So through these tests, they found that when um, clinicians did not laugh with patients, conductance measures still indicated that both parties were aroused. But when the patients and, and um, psychiatrists laugh together, or the patients uh, and the physicians laugh together, the arousal measures for each group doubled. So this is why we talk about laughter being contagious, like the good kind of contagious. The contagion of laughter suggests a sense of trust because people feel that when that that the emotion that they expressed was being validated which also supports the notion that empathy is a shared experience, interestingly. So that laughter is catching is also the reason why television sitcoms use laugh tracks, right? Taped laughter invites audience participation. Hearing the laughter prompts us to laugh ourselves. 
house. And I've included a link in the show notes to a YouTube video that you may remember from 2010. Um, in my opinion, it empirically proves this theory that, that proves about the contagion of laughter. And I challenge you to watch it and not laugh. It is um, laughing quadruplets. So check it out. I mean, come on. But that's just the beginning. Laughter strengthens your immune system, boosts mood, diminishes pain, and protects you from the damaging effects of stress. It brings your mind and body back into balance. It lightens your burdens. It inspires hopes. It connects you to others. It burns calories and keeps you grounded, focused, and alert. Oh, and it also helps you release anger and forgive sooner. So have you ever heard the phrase, laughter is the best medicine? Have you ever wondered what it actually means? Well, it turns out more it's more than just a matter of like keeping a positive attitude to help you get through something. Laughter actually physically boosts the immune system by decreasing hormones like cortisol, stress hormones like cortisol, and increasing the generation of immune cells or T cells that are vital in destroying cancer and tumors as well as the common cold and B cells, which generate infection-fighting antibodies, thus also improving your resistance to disease. So for example, uh, laughter protects the heart. It improves the function of blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can help protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. It may also help you live longer. So a study in Norway found that people with a strong sense of humor outlined or outlived those who don't laugh as much. The difference was particularly notable for those battling cancer. Many organs are stimulated when you laugh. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. It stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. So while negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity, positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that fight um, stress and potentially more serious illnesses. And I talked about neuropeptides in the episodes uh, 22 and 27 about RMM tapping. Furthermore, Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. It relaxes the whole body. So a good hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress and stimulates circulation. It increases and then decreases your heart rate and blood pressure, which results in a good relaxed feeling, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes afterward. So fascinating. Laughter burns calories. I mean, it's no replacement for a good physical workout, obviously, but one study found that laughing for up to 10 to 15 minutes a day can burn approximately 40 calories, which could be enough to lose three or four pounds over the course of a year. Uh, Laughter lightens anger's heavy load. Nothing diffuses anger and conflict faster than a shared laugh. Laughter stops distressing emotions. 
And boy, could we all use that right about now. Between COVID and the climate crisis, and now we're into the American presidential election season, and all the things we have going on personally on our, in our own lives, things can feel really heavy. Laughter helps put problems into perspective and enables you to move on from confrontations without holding on to bitterness or resentment. So much like gratitude, you can't feel anxious, angry, or sad when you're laughing. In fact, this Tuesday night, October 6th, the Halton Shift team is hosting a free pop-up event from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. with guest host Sue Stevenson, who is an expert on using humor to help get you through hard times. And I've included the link in the show notes, so have a look. Um, Shift pop-ups sell out very quickly, but if you can um, get on the wait list, I believe, uh, if that's the case. So when was the last time you had a good, solid, deep belly laugh? As children, we used to laugh hundreds of times a day. But as adults, life tends to be more serious and laughter more infrequent. I remember when I was little and I watched Mary Poppins. Are you a Mary Poppins fan? (laughs) My favorite scene was when Bert went to visit his uncle and they laughed so hard that they floated up to the ceiling. Like I used to believe that if I laughed hard enough, that that might happen to me. I would like dream about it all the time and then I would try to make it happen myself. I was convinced that if I laughed hard enough, I could get myself up there. So what makes you laugh? A joke? The friend's blooper reel? A movie? Stand-up? A family member? A friend? Your kids? The joke I told you at the beginning of the episode sparked a five-minute giggle fest in my six-year-old daughter along with 299 other things that day, which triggered giggles from the rest of us as well. So that's a fact. Did you know that the average four-year-old laughs 300 times a day? The average 40-year-old? Four. Just four. So by seeking out more opportunities for humor and laughter, you can improve your emotional health, you can strengthen your relationships, improve your physical health, you can find greater happiness and even add years to your life. So I guess watching all those cat videos really is good for your health. (laughs) With so much power to heal and renew, the ability to laugh easily and frequently is a tremendous resource for, for surmounting problems, enhancing your relationships and supporting both physical and emotional health. And best of all, this priceless medicine is fun, free, and easy to use. So the next time you hear a joke, whether you get it or not, let yourself go and enjoy a good hearty laugh. It's good for you. And if you're not sure where to start, click on the link to the HDSB The Shift YouTube channel and the link to register for the free pop-up on Tuesday night and join in some contagious laughter with us. And uh, check the link to the Laughing Quadruplets video and that will for sure take you down. You know how YouTube works. They'll show you another video and another video and before you know it, you got your 10 to 15 minutes in and you're svelte and fit. You have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk. Until next week, be kind, be safe, find something that makes you laugh, and have a good chuckle. Bye for now. (laughs)